time. You are correct. Shauna, you didn't know your son? Oh. All righty. Person number two, Adam. Oh. That's it? You are correct. I think. Was she number two? She was. What did you all have? Kyla. <laughs> and she actually tried to disguise her voice a little bit. Okay, Christina, who'd you have for number three? Monique. Monique. Monique, were you number three? She don't really think so. Who'd you have for number three? Who'd you have for number three? Who'd you have for number three? It was Monique. And Psalmist number four. Who'd you have, character? Woo! You are correct. Christina. Couldn't get it. CeeLo. Mother Truesdale. All right. Mother Linda. Woo-hoo! Let's give it up for our judges. Very good, judges. Thank you. You can keep your clipboards. You may need it later. Let's give a great round of applause for our judges. As well as our distinguished guests, our soul. All righty. Are y'all ready? Okay, so we had one person whose son sang. And they didn't get their son's voice. How old is it, Darius? And you've been his mother for how long? <laughs> Just a little while. Alrighty. Well, today's message, the last time I had an opportunity to share with you, we talked about redeeming the dream and the component of discipline. And we talked from the book of Genesis, specifically around the life of Joseph. And so today is somewhat of a continuation in that when you are desiring and purposing to walk in increased discipline, there is a component of hearing the voice of God that you have to master. And so on Super Bowl Sunday, one of our young people said to me, how do you hear from God? And so we had a brief conversation around that. But what I hope to do today is to refresh some, stir up some, and really give knowledge as God has given it to me on how we hear from God. How many are familiar with the show The Voice and the blind um, auditions? So the voice, you can go to the next slide, please. The coaches, they are experienced singers and songwriters. They've been in the music industry, correct? But because they're blindfolded, a lot of times what they do is they feed off each other. You ever watch? They look to see who's going to vote, and if they want them, well, maybe I want them. 
Or if nobody else wants them, maybe I shouldn't want them. Not that they're saying this, but that's kind of what I think when I watched it. The other thing is I heard, I think it was last week, uh, Christina said, you really had the crowd going. So she was feeding off what she saw and not necessarily listening specifically to the voice only. And then sometimes they get into competitions where two people will chime in and CeeLo will chime in and Christina will chime in and then the singer has to choose which person they want to be coached by. And so then they go, oh, I love you both and thank you so much and blah, 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 blah. And the coaches, they're like making these promises of what they can do, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you look at the differences between the coaches on The Voice, the coaches, they rely on the reaction of the audience. They wait to see, do other people want this singer? They judge based on past experiences maybe. So song selection might bring back memories, choice of song. But in essence, the whole process is very selective. Amen? Some people they choose, some people they do not choose. What about when you're starting to hear the voice of God? You're a new believer and you're, you're desiring to hear from God, but you haven't quite matured and mastered it yet. Sometimes you might seek the reaction of others. You may be in service and God is speaking to you and you feel it a certain way, but nobody else seems to be hearing what you're hearing. Or you wait to see if others are hearing or being moved. You judge based on past experiences. God has spoken to me this way, so I put him in a box and I say, that's typically how he speaks to me. So if he comes any other way different than visions and dreams, if he comes any other way through revelation of his word as I'm reading it, then I'm probably not going to be open to it. We judge based on what we expect to hear or want to hear. Or we're at our capacity. Life is just so busy. My capacity for hearing God is this much. When in reality, he's got that much to give me. Maybe I got an itchy ear. I want to hear God, but I want to hear everybody. I want to hear God through this. I want to hear God through that. I want to hear God through this channel. I want to hear God through this station. I want to hear God through this evangelist. I want to hear God through this author. I want to hear God through this prophet. I want to hear God through this pastor. I want to hear God through this relative. I want to hear God through this friend. I want to hear God through this boyfriend. I want to hear God through this girlfriend. I want to hear God. You know, you're searching for God in all these places and avenues. There's such a busyness that you really cannot discern the true voice of God. Or we block out God with distractions. And so today what we want to talk about is as a believer, how do we mature and truly hear the voice of God? And why is it that he wants us to hear him? What is it that he wants to share with us? And what do we do when we've heard his voice? Amen? And the person we're going to focus on is Samuel. Now why Samuel? Samuel. Next slide. Samuel was a young person, and today we are celebrating you Sunday. And the very name of Samuel means name of God or heard of God. And you remember the story. His mother prayed for her son. She was mocked, but she was diligent in trusting God for her son. And so God blessed her and gave her this son. But what she also did is she promised her son to serve God. And so as he came of age, he went to live with Eli. And Eli basically trained him and reared him in the ways of the Lord, in the ways of his calling, which ultimately, you know, he was to become a judge 
and a prophet. Okay? You following? Now, the approximate age of Samuel when he heard of God and when he was with um, Eli was he was around 11 to 13 years of age. So he was like a fifth, sixth, seventh grader kind of thing based on what I've been able to research. That's the age where he was in the grade if you would equate it to where our young people are today. So he was in middle school, okay? And so with that, he knew that he was being trained with Eli. He had daily tasks that he did in the tabernacle. He learned the things of ministry. Um, he saw some things. He probably had some experiences limited um, with God. And so if you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're just going to look at um, really one verse. So in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, and again, this is a, a young guy, a little kid, and he's getting ready for bed. Now, what's interesting is that when we get ready for bed, what's happening? There's quietness, right? Your, things are shutting down. The home has been shut down. Your body is shutting down. Ideally, your mind is being put to rest. So from the standpoint of hearing the voice of God, that might be an ideal time with regard to shutting out distractions, right? But, so, he was getting ready to go to sleep. And in verse 2 it says, And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. Verse 3, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And this happens, let me read the next part. He said, here am I. And then Samuel ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Read the next few verses. This happens two more times where Samuel hears a voice calling him. He responds and he goes to Eli that place which is familiar to him, who he thought was calling him. And he says, here am I. Three times, I'm laying down to rest. I'm purposing my body to go to sleep. Frida, here am I. Go back to sleep. Frida, here am I. Go back to sleep. Frida, here am I. You called? Well, I don't know about you all, but about the second time, I would have been like, yes. Or, I really didn't hear them. I didn't hear them. They didn't call me. Maybe if I stay here a little longer, they'll pass. But the example that Samuel gave was, I'm responsive. I'm obedient. I'm quick. Even in his error, he was consistently going back to Eli. So then Eli tells him in verse 9, because he got a perception that it was the Lord calling him. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be. If he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called at another, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. No fear, no hesitation, but that which I've been taught and told to do, I'm doing it. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And then he goes on to basically tell Samuel what he's going to do in the house of Eli because of his disobedient sons. If we flip back, what was told to Samuel was already told to Eli. Okay? So what God was preparing Samuel to speak yet again to Eli, Eli had already heard it once. But what I thought was really cool was that the patience of God. God was calling him three times and ultimately a fourth time before he got the reaction that he desired to get. But he remained faithful. He didn't get frustrated with him. He didn't go say, well, let me go talk to another child. It was a teaching moment. And so God desires to teach us to hear him all the time. He wants us to hear him. He desires for us to hear him, for us to seek him. And so in doing that, he is more than capable to teach us individually how to hear his voice. Part of the thing that we've got to do as Samuel is be obedient, is be quick, is be consistent. Amen? Amen. So even at this young age of middle school, this is what Samuel hears from God. I will judge his house, verse 13, forever. For the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And then he goes on to give them the consequences. So in verse 16, Eli is now calling Samuel. He said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. And Eli said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Don't hide it from me. God, do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. And in verse 18, it says, Samuel told him everything and hid nothing. Now, here's this young, young child who's been reared by a mentor, if you will, that has been training him in the ways of God, basically to be similar to what he's been. And now God has visited him. He didn't even understand that he was being visited. He didn't even understand the voice of God. But that which he was told by God, he understands that now it's being inquired of him to share it. And he did that completely. Amen? So if you look at this green bullet, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, there is a fundamental principle. Listening and responding is critical for his ongoing voice being heard by us. Amen? Listening and responding, and we see that as Samuel heard his voice and did as he heard. Next slide. So let's look at the why, the how, and the what. Why does God speak to us? He speaks to us because he wants relationship. But before we even get into the speak, let's all get a common understanding. Who has heard the audible voice of God? Raise your hand. I have heard the audible 
voice of God like I hear me knocking on this podium. Okay, so about 10 people have their hands up. Does that mean that the other, the rest of us in this room have not heard the God voice, God's voice? So because it was not audible, as your friend sitting next to you's voice might be, does not mean you do not hear from God. God speaks and ministers to all of us in very different ways. And he does that because he wants relationship. And he does it differently because he's created all of us uniquely, unique, to be unique. Amen? So he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to impart wisdom to us. He wants to see his purpose fulfilled in our lives. He wants us to succeed, and he wants us to be a witness of who he is. So everything of his speaking is not for him. It's for what he wants for us and what, uh, what he wants us to do, what he wants us to become, how he wants us to experience life and our relationship with him. And then why we hear, why we have the capability and the capacity to hear is with relationship as well. We've been talking about friendships and relationships in Sunday school, and Pastor Jeanette was talking about um, some of this stuff you're going to hear about today, and I was like, oh, okay, that's just confirmation. So that is another way how God speaks when he confirms his word um, throughout. Instruction. He gives us instruction. He wants us to partner for the completion of his work, and he wants us to live life victoriously. So if we turn to John 10, 27... Um, specifically, it reads, uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you think about a shepherd and a pasture, very simple illustration. The shepherd is with the sheep all the time. He learns their behavior. He understands when different issues they're facing. If they're sickly, they may behave a certain way. If they're hungry, they may behave a certain way. If they're fearful, they may behave a certain way. But because of the closeness, because of the, the frequency at which they interact and engage, that sheep is, the shepherd is very knowledgeable of his sheep. And so what God is using this as an example to say that we as his children, we have got to not only purpose to hear his voice, but we've got to know it when we've heard it. Amen? And so that only comes through time and practice and willingness to not get it right every time. Time and practice, time and practice. Next slide. How God speaks. So that's why I asked the question. Some people, they, they have heard and they do hear the audible voice of God. And I don't, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But for those, when you first heard it, it may have been different to you. It may have even been scary. It may have been unusual. Or it may have been something you've prayed about and you've desired. And when it happened, you just had such great joy and you were overwhelmed. But the point of the matter is God speaks to us in all different ways. And even this list that's in front of you is not all inclusive. It is just a sampling. But if you read your word, you see examples of how he spoke to people through dreams. He spoke through visions. He spoke through animals. Amen. Now, what if an animal walked up to you and started talking to the voice of the Lord? I think I would be gone. But my point is, however God speaks to us, two things. It's not the same, but it is for you. So if he knows that if this little kitty comes up to you and starts talking, tumbleweed starts talking to me 
I'm going to run down Conhocton, then he won't have Tumbleweed talk to me. He might have Pierre talk to me. Okay, the animals have made the message. But my point is, he knows how we need to receive it. He knows how we will receive it. And he also knows the area in which we need to be trained and taught. So depending on what your purpose is in life, he may need to train you to attune your ear to visions and dreams. I've heard of some of our young people having dreams and seeking, you know, understanding through prayer and through their parents and through adults in their life. God is always able and willing to speak to us, no matter the age. He doesn't have a timeline that says, okay, when BJ turns seven, I'll start talking to him. God is ready to talk to us whenever we're ready to listen. Amen? Okay, the red word, the spoken word, such as today, by others. The key word I want you to look up there is perpetual. When something is perpetual, what does that mean? Ongoing, continuous. God does not have open and closed hours. He doesn't have holiday hours. He doesn't have daylight savings time. It's just perpetual. Amen? So it's this ongoing release of his word, his voice that is available to us. But what happens is we're not necessarily perpetually listening. You can perpetually purpose to listen even in your sleep. As I go to sleep tonight, Lord, minister to me in my dreams. Who's ever just declared that? But that's inviting him. And not only inviting him to minister to me in my dreams, but Lord, when I awaken in the morning, Holy Spirit, give me the help to remember it, to understand it, to journal it. That is hungering and thirsting to hearing. How many people are married? Okay, we got a few folks that ain't married. You hunger and thirst to hear from your loved one, your spouse, amen? But sometimes you block them out. And sometimes they block you out. But with God, there is no blocking. He desires to minister and be available and speak to us all times. Amen? Amen. And so what's our purpose? What, what part of it do we play? Because remember, there is an action and a reaction throughout this whole hearing and listening. We got to have expectation. Do you expect to hear from God? If you expect to hear from God, then there are purposeful pauses in your day. Purposeful pauses in your day. If I start my day and I got a list of 20 things and I hit the gate running and I start doing them, I have not purposed to hear him. What I have done is I've started my own plan and I'm on my way. And when I hit a hiccup, Lord, and he's like, mm, I was trying to be with you four hours ago. There's a commercial, orange juice commercial. I don't know if you've seen it where these people are sitting around the table and they're telling folks what's going to happen in your day. And they say things like, okay, you're going to go through this toll booth, you're not going to have any change. Um, you're going to be at a meeting and you're not going to be prepared. And 5 o'clock you're going to get a flat tire and you've got to pick up your children at 5 to, you know, whatever. And the person says, oh, I'm so glad I had my orange juice. Well, that commercial... If you take away the orange juice stuff, that's what God wants to do. And not only does he want to help us hear his voice for the day or for whatever it is that we're seeking him on, but he wants to rearrange the day. 
So God's not telling us, you're going to hit a toll booth and you're not going to have any change. <laughs> well, he's a God of more than enough. You're not going to have any change that's going to appear, but look in your cup holder, you'll find 50 cents. Without the orange juice. But you got to have an expectation. You got to be consistent and you got to be open. You know, and so when young people say, How do I hear from God? Just be quiet. And that might mean putting away some games. It might mean not playing. It might mean trusting God is speaking through you, to you, even through a program like The Voice. He can speak to us in many, many, many different ways. And the scripture in Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Stand. When you stand at the door, what does that mean? He didn't say, Behold, I stood. He didn't say, Behold, I will come and stand. He said, Behold, I stand. Perpetual. At the door and knock. I'm knocking on your ear gates. I'm knocking on your heart gate. Will you slow down? Will you trust me, Jesse, at the age of, how old are you, Jesse? Twelve. That you can hear me just like Samuel did. Amen? Amen. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, there we go again. When you hear, there is a reaction. So you can still hear the knocking. How many have heard Jesus knocking on our hearts or trying to tell us something? We don't even open the door. Nope, not open it. Nope, I know he's going to tell me, no, I don't want to hear it. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. In other words, it'll be a mutual exchange. So not only does God want us to hear and know his voice, but he wants to hear our voice as well. Amen? Amen. Next slide. We're getting close. So we have a little stick figure there. And for the youth that were in the leadership conference, you might recognize that stick figure. Some of you um, actually drew similar stick figures. But when God speaks, what is it that he's speaking? You know, is he speaking poems? Is he speaking rap songs? Is he speaking, what is he saying? He can do that. He can speak through those means. But basically, he's given us a message. He gives us commands, which are also written in his word. What's a command? and instruction, that which we are to do. Amen? He gives us promises. Why does he give us promises? Hope, exactly. Give us hope to let us know of his goodness. He gives us direction. Sometimes we can have more faith in these Garvin's Marvin's. And they tell you, wrong turn, turn around. The road that you are on is ending. I have no more instruction. So there's a limit to even what that can give you, right? But God, he is unending in his wisdom. Revelation, correction, explanations. And sometimes he gives it all at once, and then sometimes he gives it in, in time and in phases. But what do we do when we hear it? We're acting. You really are acting. You might think, I'm not doing anything, but you really are doing something. You're either acting in obedience or you're acting in disobedience. You want to please him. You can avoid mishaps, mishaps. So you can avoid extra money being spent. Some of us have experienced that. I remember the testimony that Mother Linda gave around the handicapped parking. Amen. 
um, where God is speaking to us and he wants to reorder our day and warn us of things and guide us into things, guide us into favor, guide us into opportunities, guide us into good friendships, guide us into good grades, guide us into avoiding accidents, avoiding brawls. When I was a little kid, um, when fights would break out in the schoolyard or whatever, all the kids typically do what? They run to it, right? One of the things my mother always told me, if a fight breaks out, you go the other way. She always said that. And I listened. Because <laughs> um, um, for several reasons. But anyway, I listened. Um, amen. <laughs> um, but you're creating an openness to hear more, right? And so let's turn to 1 Samuel 12 and 14. Because this is especially important for those that desire blessings of God and things of God. 1 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 14. And it says, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice. So there's a whole lot there. Fear the Lord, serve him, and obey his voice. Three things. And do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. So if you remember back in Samuel, the people had wanted a king. And they wanted a king because the people in the area had kings and they wanted a king. So Samuel went before God and basically said the people want a king. He said, okay, I'll give him a king. Gave him King Saul. We know the story, King Saul was not a very good king. But what he is saying is when we purpose ourselves to be obedient, to serve, and to hear the voice of God, not only will we be blessed, but those things that we ask for will be blessed. And if you think about the Ten Commandments, when we take our eye off of him and we start focusing on the things like the king, then we in essence have made that an idol. And not only do we put ourselves in jeopardy, but the things and circumstances we have asked for are also in jeopardy and at risk. Amen? So marriages. Some singles desire a husband. Desiring a husband is fine. Asking of God for a husband is fine. But when our ability to hear his voice and listen and still serve is threatened or hindered because the husband or wife has come, then it's all in jeopardy of being successful. Amen? So if you look at the stick figure, we have the head, we have the ear, we have the heart, the hands, and the feet. Now, do we hear with our heart? Do we hear with our brain? Can I hear with my hand? That must be why they say talk to the hand. Well, anyway, that was corny. <laughs> or talk to the foot, right? Suppose you heard with your foot. And when people talk, you lift your foot up. It's not good. But my point is when you're hearing from God, all these key components of our body are engaged in that process. It's not just the audible hearing because some people don't have the ability to hear. Some people are deaf. And so are we now saying that God is unable to minister and speak to those who are deaf? Absolutely not. God ministers to the heart. He gives understanding to the brain. And the expectation is that we do with our hand, we do with our mouth, we do with our feet. And in doing, we open ourselves to hear more. So if you are a parent or a spouse and you're talking to your children or to your husband or your wife, 
and you're talking 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 and you're sharing and you're sharing and you're talking and they never respond. They don't respond in behavior. They don't respond in having acknowledged what you said. They don't respond with, I can't hear you. They're just blank. At some point, here's another commercial. I love commercials. You're blue in your face, like the Time Warner people, right? I don't know who's seen that commercial, but anyway. He talks till he's blue in the face. And so the point is, there will become a time where you stop talking. And we don't want that situation with the Lord, do we? Next slide. So, the word says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He is cute. His ears are longer than his body is high. Right? And so if you think about, you know, you've heard people kind of say, you have two ears and one tongue, so we're supposed to listen twice as much or whatever. But his ears are very long and big. But he's got them up to here, right? And it looks like he's excited, too. He is adorable. I don't know if he's adorable, but... He's cute. All righty. So things can interfere with our ability to hear. Amen? Fear. Fear comes up in so many ways. Fear, emotions. We're mad. We're angry. We're disappointed. Personal desires versus the Lord's desires. Busyness. We are busy people. Children, you are busy. You've got schedules. You go to school. You go to practice. You go home. You go to bed. You eat. You do your homework. You do it again. And if you're in honors classes, it's that much more um, workload. If you're in college, it's, you're working. You're being a daughter. You're being a sister. You're being a brother. Some cases, you might be a teen mom or a teen dad. Busy, 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 busy. Go, 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 go. But as we purpose to hear from God, he will give you more time. He will free up your schedule. Now, how does he do that? He gives you more efficiency. He gives you instruction. You know, do, would you like to go through life not having heard from him? Would you like to go through life having heard from him sometimes? Would you like to go through life having heard from him all the time? And so that takes practice. It takes intention. And it takes recognizing these things that can interfere with your hearing. No matter how big your ears are, doubt can cloud your ability to hear God. Samuel could have very easily laid in that bed and said, no one's calling me. No one's calling me. I'm scared. I went to Eli three times. I'm not hearing you. 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 I'm not hearing. No, I'm not hearing. The other thing that hinders our ability to hear is unforgiveness. And we've talked about this as well in Sunday school. Um, unforgiveness does not permit you to hear from God because when we walk in unforgiveness, that's not of him. So when you're walking in a sin situation, when you're walking in unforgiveness, when you haven't repented, that's not pleasing to God. And so if he's not pleased with you, he's not really necessarily going to talk to you. How many of you have ever, children... You ever been disciplined and your parents say, get on, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't want to see you right now. I've been there. I don't know if anybody else has been there. 
you said it or you heard it. They're just so frustrated. Or they could be so hurt. They just need to get themselves again. Just go. Just go on. Because I don't want it to get worse. Or go on. Go on. And then you go, right? And then you start to think, hopefully, in a repentive state, oh, I didn't mean to hurt her. Or you poke your lips out. <sighs> I mean, you can go through all those different emotions, but at the end of the day, reconciliation is what is needed. Life happenings, inconsistency. How many have been on a roll with God? You know, just like, you know, in the new year, you got... Jenny, you got Charles Barkley, you got all these spokespersons, and they're losing, and they're doing all this stuff, and the gym at the Y is packed, and then come March, it's less packed, and then come June, it's even less packed, <laughs> but we've got to be consistent. It feels good to hear from God, and to know you've heard from God. It's an awesome feeling, and he doesn't want us to have a one a day. He wants it to be perpetual. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's turn to Matthew 13 and 9. This is the last scripture. Are you getting it? Amen. So this is a parable of the sower. If you start at verses 1 through 9, which I won't read all of that. But he's talking about this sower. And what's a sower? In this particular case, it's someone that's going out throwing seeds, right? So if you think about the perpetual state of God, he stands throwing out his voice. He stands throwing out revelation, instruction, prophecy, knowledge, revelation, prophecy, knowledge, encouragement, comfort. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out. But he doesn't just throw it out random. It's on purpose. Throwing this to you. Throwing that way back there to you. Throwing this to you. Throwing this to you. Throwing this to you. Throwing this to you. You might not even need it right now, but catch it, because you will need it. Throwing this to you. Throwing that to you. Throwing this to you. And the parable says that there's different types of ground that it fell on. Now, we're not ground, but there is a place where God's word should reside. It says, have I hidden it in my heart? And when it's in your heart, then it can manifest through your actions, through your thoughts, through your thinking, through your words that are spoken, etc., and what are the types of hearts that he threw this word out to? He threw it to thorny, shallow, went on the wayside. Did I say all four? Stony. And so all those circumstances and types of hearts were unable to receive what he was throwing out. And so I'm throwing out orange seed because you need vitamin C. But you can't receive it because of all these other things. So we've got to check and make sure the interference is not hindering our ability to hear from God. Amen? Amen. That's it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hearing the voice of God. Young people, can you stand up if you're under 25? Amen. Have you ever said to yourself or to someone or written it down, 
you know, I desire to hear from God. Either I desire to hear him or I decide to have clarity or I want to hear more. Whatever it, your statement is, just raise your hand if, if that's true for you. If it's true for you. If it's not true for you, then have a seat. If it's true for you, then stand up. Don't get scared. Remember, we said no fear in God. No fear in God. If you would come forward, please. I hear from God. I want to hear more. I want to understand that which I hear. I want him to speak to me. I want him to open up ways in which he ministers to me and through me. All right. Shay. Shay.